Um, yeah, so I'm just jumping in, but okay. I used to, so I'm from Harlem. Mm-hmm. Used to live in Harlem. What wound up happening is my father um, passed away in 2011. Uh-huh. So he left me his um, his apartment. Oh, real right. nice apartment, but it's like right there on Seventh Avenue, like prime real estate. Mm-hmm. And um, the Seventh Ju- and what? Um, 135th. Oh, okay. Like right there by the Popeyes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 2308. But, um, what's crazy is, is that I, um, the Jewish started buying all the, the vacant homes mm-hmm. and stuff, but my father's place was like rent controlled and a bunch of other stuff, but it, it wasn't, um, renovated since like 1975, bro. Wow. So it still had like the, the, um, I want to call it the witch tub. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wait, the tub. Uh, like, it was like outside. It was like not even inside. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So um, I got a letter, and then they reached out to me, and they told me like, you know, like we bought this whole property. So if you want to keep it, it's gonna cost you like sixty four thousand to renovate it, and it's yours. Okay. Or mm-hmm. we have to take it from take you. Me. Exactly. Yeah. So instead of me selling it to them, I sold it to the city. So, mm. but this is the crazy part. Right. I'm like, when I sold it to the city, I wasn't making the money I was making now. You have right, to make right. a certain salary. Exactly. To be able to get the money all in one swoop. Gotcha. So I gotcha. get annual residuals. Oh, so every year you get something in the mail. Yeah. And okay. With, and with that, this is Woody vs. Bobby. Um, <laughs> I guess we're going to call these the. Real um, estate 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the intimate edition. Yeah. I'm with um, one of my good friends, a good adversary. I don't, I don't feel like people don't use that word enough. Yeah, because we don't know it's a fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with the homie Pierre. Um, but, but before we get into the craziness, because yeah. I always like to do this, um, like let's just get into the how you got to where you're yeah. at. Because okay. bro, because bro, that's the it's the dopest story when you do it the right way. You right. know what I'm saying? Like the right, genesis. Because right. like you like you might not remember, bro, but like I remember you was really in the field. Early when you had like the Kendrick Lamar <laughs> kind of haircut, bro, way before That's the long wigs, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you always had a camera in your hand on the low. I'm like, yeah, man. Like he, like you know, you always been working, and then you, um, you know, it's like you always was connected to like really um, creative people, but you always had your own thing every time, yeah. own thing. And now it's a, it's a beautiful situation for yourself. And now it's like, where's Pierre? Almost, right? You know what I mean? Like where's Carver San Diego? Yeah, you, you know. Yeah. And, but no matter where you're at, you always find a way to either be creative mm-hmm. or find a way to work on something, yeah. which a lot of people can't say that they do. You know, a lot, it's it's one thing to be to get out of the country. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to get out of the country and have fun. It's another yeah. thing to get out of the country yeah. to get paid yeah. to get out of the country. You know, yes. so yeah. Um. So boom. So I'm from Far Rockaway, Queens. Wow. Not that many people know that about me because. I guess they probably know me from like just always living in Harlem, but like I was born and raised in Frockway, Queens. Went to a local elementary school, local junior high, local high school, Park High School, all that. I didn't really leave like my hood until like about college, like and that's when I went. To, I went to St. John's in, in Queens. So um, for the most part, like I would be like chilling in Frockway, maybe hit up Long Island every once in a while, hit a movie because we didn't have a movie theater in our town. So like. It was just, you had to like go to Long Island, go to Brooklyn, or go like some to like Jamaica to go see a movie, like only 45 minutes out. Like, wait, 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 wait. So, so you hear those rumors about Far Rockaway, about how Far Rockaway looks like 2007 still. Bro, it's all true. <laughs> it's all facts. And like, and man, like, so, so what's that like? Like, you, because that's mm-hmm. like a bubble then, because yeah. like, 
creatively, you're on the internet, clearly. Yeah. You know, we're around the same age, so uh-huh. clearly you was on the internet. Mm-hmm. But you walk outside and you see someone looking like Nas and Illmatic. And yeah. you, still, you see you see someone walking around with a CD player. All day. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, like, insane. It's a, weird, it's a weird paradox, right? So here's how it was for me, mostly, right? Um, I lived on, like, Central Ave, uh, which is, like, not too far from, like, the, the, the last stop on the A train. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last stop on the LIRR. So, like, I had a little two options to, like, get out the city aside from the end of the bus, right? So, I took the Long Island Railroad if I wanted to go, like, to maybe, like, Long Island or even to the city. So, what was crazy, though, is that, like, surrounded by all these things is, like, the hood, right? So, like, I live, like, on a block with, like, a lot of black families and, like, Jewish people that had, like, their next block, like, were, like, taking over, right? But then, like, to, like, the left was, like, the projects, like, Red Firm projects, same projects that Stack Bundles from. And all these guys from, right? So, it was like a crazy duality of things because I grew up in a really strict Christian family household, right? Mm-hmm. So, my mom wasn't with the shit that was going around me. But it's like you're in this one area and then it's like chaos all around you. So, you, so I woke up the block, I could see somebody, a body on the ground sometimes, like, or somebody getting robbed. But then it's just like, you hear and like, she, they did their best job to like, to protect us. You know what I mean? As a family. Yeah. So my, my mom and pops are from Haiti. Um, they immigrated here, I don't know, however many years ago. And then um, I'm the last of six, six kids. So Another way I want to cut yeah. you in. First, I, I lived in Florida, mm-hmm. so I know a lot about Haitians. Yeah. Bro, any Bro. Haitian <laughs> that moved to New York was a genius. A mm-hmm. lot of Haitians yeah. live in Florida, a lot mm-hmm. of them. In the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, yeah. Daytona area, mm-hmm. bro. Yeah. And Maybe not Daytona as much. Maybe maybe Tampa more. Yeah. But but bro, like I kid you not, they like if you go to the country of Haiti, like their work ethic is just better mm-hmm. than the average human. Yeah. Probably only like maybe the people in like like Thailand or um mm-hmm. or China have like that level okay. of a work ethic. Yeah. But in terms of like top tier work ethics, bro. Yeah. I gotta give it to my peoples over there, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, especially DR too. Yeah. You know, like you know, like people straight off the boat from Dominican exactly. Republic will work, but yeah. Haitians get it popping. So like, the reason why I'm saying New York was smart for them because mm-hmm. you get your bang for your buck here. Exactly. And it was kind of crazy because like it's only a retrospect when I think about it, right? Because like you you grow up being like a first generation Haitian, right? And then you'd be like, damn, why did my parents like own a business or do this or do that and enterprise more? But I'm like. The risk that they took from coming from another country to a country where they didn't speak any languages and still managed to get a job, career, and buy a house. I live in the house. So it's like that's that's that was their that was their dream. That was their accomplishment. They did that. So now it's like me to understand like what I gotta do now for my, you know, my generation to come after me. So so growing up in that whole bubble, whatever, it was kinda crazy. I said I didn't leave like really leave Far Rockaway until like college. So I went to St. John's University in Jamaica, Queens, which is like, it's not like I even left the country. It's like I just went to a different part of the same borough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but even when I was over there, it was just like a whole eye-opening experience because you you're dealing with people who aren't, aren't from your hood, period. They only know rumors of your hood because I was like the only person from Farak who was probably in that school. Like maybe, maybe myself, maybe one other person. No, I, I believe you. Yeah. Because Farak is that small where people know each other since yay high. Exactly. Yeah, so, forever. Yeah, you know so you'd know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and a ton of the kids I grew up with like either... Didn't go to college at all, didn't graduate, or, you know, I'm still still living, you know, the same life that they've been living. Mm-hmm. So it was an eye-opening experience because I met, like, a ton of different people from different hoods and whatnot, and I just saw, like, 
how other people kind of lived a little bit. So uh, I went to St. John's for TV film. Um, I was really into like production stuff, like producing stuff, uh, producing like television shows or like new shows. But then like after I graduated, um, like the whole industry kind of changed. It was like a huge shift where like the economy, the economy was bad. Was. I graduated, yeah. So the economy was bad. I, got, I graduated like in 08, 09. Like I, I walked in old, like... I walked in 08, but I had to finish, like, another semester afterwards, right? Got you. So, I did that. And then, like, I was trying to, like, apply to MAP, places like MTV, VH1, all these places like that. Like, I thought this was the formula, you know what I'm saying, to, like, get put on. And then, none of these people were hitting me back. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you say, oh, we're not hiring right now. It's a hiring freeze, blah, blah, blah. It's funny. We know now, but if you if yeah. you would have knew then, knew yeah, that. yeah. Exactly. So, then, in my mind, like, the whole time I was going to college and shit like that, um, I kind of, like paid for like a lot of my like my way through school uh via like a job that i got and it was like working with developmentally disabled people so i had like a i had like a little bit of a lot a lot of experience in that kind of field even from high school so high school into college i was doing i was working like in a, a group home situation and then when i graduated i'm like fuck i have all this experience like let me just try to get back into this this lane right here just so i can make some money you know mm-hmm. Sally started like calling after six months she's like with my bread so I'm like, all right, I gotta get a job. So then I started working in, in um, this this company called AHRC, which was like a group home in Jamaica. So I was like back in Jamaica again, like every day, like like I, like I never left school. And then uh, I was doing like administrative work because you know I had a little bit more experience. So I was yeah. like a really young dude who had like a really like high standing job, and it was like a lot of clerical stuff. And I was there for like almost five years. And in the meantime, I was, like, taking photos and whatnot. Yeah, so that was your Clark Kent. Yeah, my Clark Kent. So, like, yeah. I, during, like, the day I'm at this job, whatever, making money, and then at nighttime, I go out to the city, shoot around, meet people, like, go to events, start filming events, doing video stuff, like, doing recaps for people, like, just because I, I was there. It's, it's so funny, too, because, like, if you... if. if it happens in other cities, but it takes more of a toll on you in New York because in New York, everything ends at four. Mm-hmm. So to have the mindset to go to work, go back home, get dressed, mm-hmm. go on the internet, see what's going on, yep. have a social life, still have a girl or some yeah. females you want to talk to, try to get them to go to where you're working mm-hmm. at. Then take the commute to where you need to go, which is probably going to be yeah. an hour and 30. The commute you, was everything. Because... You got to think, the 30 minutes is not even for you waiting. It's just you getting prepared to go. Yeah. Then you go to the city or Brooklyn, wherever it's at, do your thing, then have to come back. And and, and this is probably like before Uber. Oh, way before Uber. Yeah, this is yeah, before Uber. Uber. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't... Even, it, but even then, I couldn't even afford the Uber from like the city back to my crib. That's yeah. just like a... Almost like an eighty dollar. Yeah, Uber yeah, but be because it would be the equivalent of going to like the airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was guap. So like, that was like the biggest thing was living in Farakaway. Like, you imagine from the city, like let's say like Forty Second Street to my like to my last stop is like almost an hour and thirty minutes, hour forty minutes. You know what I'm saying? On a good day, you know what I'm saying. I said, mm-hmm. and then like you know we had like two trains because at Rockaway Boulevard it shit splits. So one side goes to Lefferts and one side goes to Farakaway. So you gotta be wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta explain because I never went that far, and yeah. I've always seen that on the map. Yeah. But I don't know how it does that. So tell Yo, me what it's is crazy. So like, there's, there's actually two A trains, right? So there's one that goes to Lefferts Boulevard as the last stop, and one that goes to Far Rockaway as the last stop. And at Rockaway Boulevard is where it splits off. So like, right after you leave Brooklyn, like that last stop in Brooklyn was like Euclid, 
and it keeps going straight up. Then you hit all like the Rockaway uh, stops, and then you get to Rockaway Boulevard. And you know the conductor says like, "Oh, for anybody who wants to go to Rockaway, get off here and wait for the next A train." Or if you want Lefferts, same thing. So, not only was it like a long ride home, but you only had it was like one or two chances that you're going to get your train that's going to take you straight home. Wow, bro! I never knew that. I knew I I I. I I knew something logical like that would be going on, but I never yeah. knew how. Yeah. I never knew how. The furthest I've ever been in New York, mm-hmm. like where I knew I was like in a world I was not supposed to be in, yeah. was in like East New York one time. Yeah. And I found $50 in East New York, bro. On the floor? Yes, on the floor, bro. It came up. I found $50, ate Chinese food. My homie was like, bro, we need to eat this Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. Like this shit is McDonald's, bro. We need to be in and out, bro. Yeah, I can like, get anything I want to with $50. Yeah, but the that thing was, we was in East New York, so we were trying to get the fuck yeah. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bro, East New York is the only place I've ever been where, like, a grandmother asked me where I'm from. <laughs> also, impressing you. She tried to press you. Like, yeah, like, this well, This was another time my homie, um, like, shout out to show. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, y'all boys, he's like, you know how Brooklyn niggas be. Yo, mm-hmm. boy, yo, pull up to mm-hmm. my crib. I got to change before we go out. So, yeah. we go to his crib, and he got us outside. And the grand, and and some old lady was like, I ain't never seen them over there. Yeah. And then look, he's like, Yeah, who that? Who y'all is? Mm. I was like, Oh yeah. nah, yo, show, yo, we got, <laughs> you gotta uh, go. Grandmother asked me what's yeah. up, then it's different. Nah, but it, but that shit. What's funny about that is that like I would be out in East New York every once in a while, but I wouldn't because like, I used to go to that um, what's that? What's that? What's that movie theater? It's not really so much East New York as it's more so called like it's near the Pink Houses, uh, near Brownsville. That Linden, that that uh that Linden movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I would go like on that side, but I wouldn't even really like it. Wouldn't even compute in my head where I was at because it looked like just where I was from. You yeah, know what you said the pink houses. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't really even think about the shit because it's just so ingrained. Like I didn't really realize I was living in the hood till I would come out to like see Jamaica Estates and see the different parts of Brooklyn. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's when I knew I was like, whoa, this shit is kind of different over here. Yeah, no, it's totally different. And um, it was funny. I was just talking about Queens with somebody. Like, bro, in Queens, they still kill people. Like, it's like the movie Belly. Like, they're different, bro. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like, um, um, French Montana's man. Chinks. Yeah, Chinks. Chinks too. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and you see what they tried to do to Troy Ave. That was in Queens. That wasn't yeah. in Brooklyn. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, and you see where 50 Cent's from. And, like, mm-hmm. they just take beef a little differently out there, oh, you know? Man. It's, it's a like more serious. they in a whole different world. Yeah, man. Um, oh, I knew I was talking about it with. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jungle, Nas' brother. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it. So, yeah. So, all right. So, now we get into the, you know, the party scene. and mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like, after work and stuff, I would just go to the city. And I would just, like, film events or whatever for, like, whoever was there. I'd try to network and see who was, like, okay, who event is this for? All right, boom. I see I see who's around. They'll usually see me with a camera anyway, filming. And they'll ask me, like, oh, um, like, who are you with, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I'm just here just chilling, filming the shit. He's like, oh, word. Like, you mind sending me some footage of this stuff? They appreciate it. I'm like, all right, bet. So, like, we'll connect over there. And that's kind of how I made, like, you know, connections here and there. And honestly, I would even come out to, I would come out as far as even Harlem. I remember they would have this event at that sneaker spot. Um, it was on the east side. What is it called? It's not there no more. Goliath? Goliath. Oh, you talking about the vault? Yeah, vault Goliath. It was like when they like the same thing. Well, Goliath was on the east side. Vault yeah. was on the west side. It was owned yeah. by the same people. Per person, exactly. You, you know, I used so to be the crib director there. Where? Yeah. yeah. See, I used to be there. Like, nah, nah, nah. When you was there, I probably wasn't there. Okay. I, I moved back to New York 2011. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So like, so if you 
because like I wasn't working there just yet, but like like later on, like right before they um b- like both stores closed, yeah, I was creative director and the buyer. Shout out to Wayne, man. That's the homie, like like yeah. forever. So um wait wait wait, cause I oh man I got bro I got so <laughs> many questions, bro. You know <laughs> you gonna help me and so many other people out? Like look, let me ask you a question. Yeah, on some real nigga shit. Yeah, why is it that photographers take pictures mm-hmm. and get mad when people want them? quicker than they're willing to give them uh-huh. up. Yeah. Wait, let me speak my piece, bro. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Because the reason why, I, okay, so like, let me give you an example. All right. Let's say, all right, let's say photography, you know what I mean? Let's say someone's shooting film. Yeah. So they have to go get it developed. Right. They have to go into a red room, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You know, like maybe like through money, they don't want to do the whole film. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, if every process was like that, I'd be like, all right, you got to give these people a break. Yeah. But I've seen and witnessed people give a turnaround of a picture like that. Like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know it could be done. It can It be. just doesn't want to be done for people who just aren't premier people, bro. That's and a big fact. I, I think that's terrible. Or I think there should be a convention. There needs to be some dialogue mm-hmm. between club photographers mm-hmm. and um, creative photographers mm-hmm. and... Because some are both, but right. the ones who aren't, they need to have a powwow and be able to understand how to hone your craft in an artsy level on the fly. Right. Because in all walks of life, there's people who have to do high-level jobs on the run, but mm-hmm. also manage to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like paparazzi have to have a steady hand to right. be doing what they're doing. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, I don't know anything about photography, but that's probably why they shutter goes off so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, just, out, of, out of all those pictures they catch, one of them going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, photographers got to figure it out, man, because there's so many photographers who won't give you a picture. You know what I mean? Let's say I took a picture with um, Mos Def. Yeah. That photographer's not giving me this picture. <laughs> Unless it's most Def's Def best picture, it, yeah. Or unless most Def yeah, asks for it, yeah, yeah. You know, you could be the brother, you could be the the friend, you could be the 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 groom. You not getting the picture unless nah. that celebrity wants the picture. Or let's say you had a crazy moment, but it was more people that outweighed your um, you know, your level of coolness, like to the photographer. Yeah, you might not see that picture unless this photographer literally works for BFA. Yeah, it's very true. And so, like, so here's what I think about it, right? Because you made a lot of valid points. So there's, there's there's different mindsets, I feel like, for creators in general, right? So we have, like, the creators who are super into, like, their process. And then they're, like, they want to make sure it's perfect. Like, they're super perfectionist, but to a fault, right? Especially now in this day and age where everything has to be super, super fast. Yeah, study long, study wrong. Yeah, so, like, I, I like, over time have honed in on this, like, idea of it's better to have it fast and good than slow and great, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Especially for something that needs to be a fast turnaround. So I learned that over time, it's just like, especially with social media, it's just like, yo, this person needs to, like, ASAP, like, right, right now. I used to shoot with, um, well, I'm going to fast forward a little bit in my career. I used to shoot with this fashion blogger named Claire Summers. Shout out to Claire. And when we would travel together on different places, people would always wonder, like, how the hell did you get this photo up so fast? Like, we go out in a group with, like, she got have other influencers. Like, how did your photographer get up so fast? And it's because, like, at that time, they didn't even have, like, Wi-Fi built-in cameras, right? But I would do research, and I found, like, they had, like, a Wi-Fi memory card. So I would plug a memory card into the camera, and I would be able to send the, the photos to my phone. 
do what I had to do on my phone, edit on my phone, and then send wow. it to her right then and there. Wow. And that was when it started like really changing like the game for her and stuff like that because she was be dropping these joints like bam fast and it was good. You know what I'm saying? But I still I, love, I still maintain a, a level of quality, but uh, maintain a level of efficiency as well. I'm surprised Apple or some company that like Kodak or whoever mm-hmm. or Canon. I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't make a Bluetooth feature where they can airdrop someone's phone right there. Well, it, now they have it. Now the newer cameras all have Wi-Fi on it now. But back then, like I was shooting like like a a Canon 7D, the first one, and didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? So like, you have to like take the card out, go to a computer, drop off the dump the photos off, and change all that shit. So like it was like around the, the, the time when technology was changing. Man, well, so but there's a lot of guys. Like I said a lot of uh, dudes now who aren't like even that either they don't have the technology to do it or they aren't that savvy enough to think about like doing it fast and on the fly. Got you, got you, man. Because for um, I I, I think photographers are so good. And, are, and and a lot of them are, um, I'd like to say, like, photographers are quasi-influencers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, they yeah. tell the best stories because mm-hmm. they have the content. Right. But what you have to be cognizant of, because, like, in any industry, you have to be understanding of what something, of what it is to utilize something. Yeah. And what is against you as well. Right. And at the end of the day, as a photographer, Instagram is your friend, but it ain't your friend. Yeah. Because the reason why they made Instagram so people wouldn't need a photographer or feel like they have to be a high-level photographer mm-hmm. in order to achieve a nice photo. Right. Instagram in its purest form. Yeah. Because before it was what it is now, this yeah. monster, yeah. it was yeah. just, oh, I could get edgy filters yeah. minus being a great photographer. Exactly. That's what Instagram was at yeah. its core. When Twitter was made at its core, mm-hmm. it was a, a way to connect to celebrities. It wasn't mm-hmm. this big thing that it is now. Yeah. You know, the meta game of anything turns into what it is based off our flavor and our culture. Right. But what something is, is made for initially is totally different. So to bring that full circle, if I was a photographer, the main thing I'd be worried about is making sure that the person has their photos because no matter what, my camera is better than anything you can download the, on an app right, or make- on your phone. It just is. Yeah. So... Right there, someone's going to be pleased with what you gave them because it's better than whatever they, they took. Because yeah. they would have took the picture if they could have on their own. Yeah. But you just had the perfect light source and the picture to make them... The technology, the camera, the eye, the experience. Yeah, together, to, like, to boost them up. Yeah. And, and you want to know how you know this is factual? Mm-hmm. Because BFA could take 130 photos. If it's a photo of someone looking like they're living their life or being mm-hmm. who they say they want to be on yeah. the internet, mm-hmm. that person will post that picture or someone will give them that photo because yeah. yeah. they're like, look at you being great. Yeah. And it's not like these photos are like airbrushed or photo. Nah. No, these pictures are just straight, straight raw the photos. Yep. Just, you know, just are what they are. Mm-hmm. And people love it because it shows them experience in life. Yeah. You know? They especially love it if it has that BFA watermark on it. They love that. Yeah. They're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you know what's <laughs> funny? I used to... um. He, um, like one of my homies, he wound up working for Getty Images, mm-hmm. and he, bro, he showed me how much a picture cost on there. Yeah, I see why <laughs> dudes do press photography, bro. Yeah, bro, he had a picture of LeBron. I was like, yo, bro, I need this picture for yeah. um for something I'm doing for like this deck, and they don't want to mm-hmm. see any logos. Yeah, he's like, yo, bro, you my man's, but this photo is actually six hundred thirty eight dollars. No, no. Yeah, and I was like. So wait, when someone says courtesy of blah, 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 yeah, blah, or whatever, or if they pay for it, that's, he's like, yeah, that's how much they have to pay. Exactly. It's like advertising. That's how you get it without the, the watermark, essentially. Yeah. You want the watermark, 
or like a brand needs to use wants to use the photo, they gotta go and they gotta buy it. And then it's so funny how coders get all these photos, but make sure that the 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 dimensions is small enough to where if someone wanted to drag it right there, it would be oh the like, quality would be shit. Yeah, man, <laughs> you can't use yeah. this shit. Nah, yeah. totally. That's crazy. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. People got smart over time, like honestly, because even even sometimes like you just go online, download a good photo if it's a good size, put it into Photoshop, take out all the shit you don't want in it. Remove the watermarks. I remember watermarks for, for people that I know. They're like, yo, I got this photo from XYZ. Can you, like, take off the watermarks for me? I'm like, all right, send it to me. Da-da-da-da-da. Send it to them. It's fine. It's perfect. You know what I'm saying? But it's because they have the, the, the photo at a decent size. If it's too small, I can't do, I can't really do nothing with it. Oh, wow. I didn't know you. Hold up. I got, man, it's it's, it's, a, it's so many different stuff, I, uh, mm-hmm. like, aspects I think of in the photography world. So, like, I feel like there's, like, a world of, like, photographers who are like who understand stuff that we don't understand look let me give you an example mm-hmm. like okay i'll give you someone like adrian ho mm-hmm. right technically yeah. she's a blogger and like a travel blogger the right. same way you travel with that girl yeah but some of the photos she take are risque so the mm-hmm. person taking the pictures got to be her man right not necessarily or, or, or maybe a home girl not even a lot of a lot of these girls if they like really up there and they're good they have they have their own photographer with them it might not be like a Getty level photographer, but it might be a young dude who got who's who's hustling and has a good eye and can do that shit. He'd be there with them, taking photos for them. Man, like that's crazy because like the the, the Emma Ratajkowski girl, like mm-hmm. you know she's married now, so I'm assuming right. for the most part, maybe sixty yeah. percent of the photos are her hubby. Maybe not, I don't yeah. know. But at the same time, I think some of them is um, another photographer. Ex- I know she traveled with this dude, uh, D'Angelo. Cool. Oh, okay, so you're making yeah. my point. Like, yeah. people don't know these things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but because it's not like these guys are getting tagged every photo. Nah. It's just them, and you know, it's, it's so like, funny. If you know, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, and the photography world is so. It's the. I'm not dick riding because mm. I'm in your space right now, mm. bro. But it's the most unknown creative world because people create worlds. Mm-hmm. And as we look at it, or some dudes thirsting, or some girls living vicarious to someone, yeah. we're not even realizing, yo. Someone else took that photo. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, someone else took that photo. Yeah. You know? Which means that they're there experiencing the same thing with that person, too. Yeah, because most people aren't crafty enough to prop their phone, put it on timer. timer. No. No one's doing that. I take self-portraits sometimes for myself, and that shit is not easy. It is not easy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that world of these selfless creatives who are giving people buku content. Yes. And, like, really... Helping these people curate what they have going mm-hmm. on, and these guys are shooting, or yeah. guys, girls, whoever, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Nah, it's, it's 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 really dope. And like I said, like the industry has changed so much, right? Because like, I, w- I wouldn't say like I was shooting since I was like a kid. I was, like I love photography, like that. I got into photography as a byproduct of video, so I'm more so into like the whole video visual type type shit. But you know, when I go back and I study how like the art form was back in the day, like people were making, I think people were making even just as much or even more money back then because one not everyone had a camera or had access to it so mm-hmm. like you had that thing like you were the guy that everyone had to go to and like people were getting campaigns and shoots for for companies for like you know 50k 100k like budgets for like photography type stuff you know what i'm saying and uh, you know like a lot i don't know too many personally photographers who are getting that much for one shoot anymore you yeah know what i'm saying like so um so but it also in the same sense like the whole, like, the way that it is now, it's like a renaissance for photography and photographers because not only are they creating content for all these other people, but, like, 
they themselves have become some, you know, rock stars in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I, would, I would joke around that, like, you know, a brand new photographer coming up or like a guy who gets, like, a T3I, you know, yesterday, he's like, oh, my, let me hit you up. You're going to shoot whatever like that. <laughs> There's, like, the new SoundCloud rappers in a sense. Okay, you know so now we're going to dig deep in the rabbit hole with it. So, yeah. like, I feel like right now, rap has a certain style Mm-hmm. Of photography, yeah. clearly you already know what it is. So let yeah. me just take a guess. Uh-huh. It's clearly the one that looks like film, yes. right? So that's yes. like the if you're a SoundCloud rapper, or mm-hmm. mumble rapper, or a young that's rapper, for. you look for that film look because yeah. it just makes everything look like a moment, and it's exactly. not even that deep. Exactly, it was not. just a photo, you know. And I feel like so many young kids have got into photography because of that. But mm-hmm. once you know what's gonna wind up happening, the yeah. same way it happened with rapper fashion, uh-huh. like they're gonna learn. Okay, this is just a one type thing. And this doesn't define what I want to do within this world. So yeah. maybe I need to branch out and stop yeah. being a copycat. Yeah, because exactly. it's nothing wrong with being a copycat no. in the genesis of what you're trying to do. Right. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with trying different things. Yeah, you know especially when you learn more about what you're tr- attempting to do. Because mm-hmm. usually, and, and this is the reason why I never get mad at people who do things like other people. Because mm-hmm. in New York, you, you get that a lot. A lot of people right. are so mad about stuff. Yeah. Usually, what they're attempting to do is going to cost them enough money where they're going to f- feel like this eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm not into this enough to put this much money up or I put so much money into this I gotta do this better right it's just that simple yeah people you know? either either make it forward or they fold like or for, for anything you know what I'm saying like with anything like, that's they, why I never really like stress over stuff like that I got a lot of questions from people like yo how do you differentiate yourself from other people or like how how do you feel about so many people being in the, in the industry do you feel it's oversaturated and I kind of like don't focus on that kind of thing because Eventually, people will either burn themselves out if they're not passionate about it, or they succeed and do really, really well. So either way, it's just like, I can't, you know, like, I can't determine their trajectory and they can't determine mine. Gotcha. So I don't even focus on that at all. But like you said, like, right now, everyone's into the whole film joint, the whole film look for, like, photos or whatever. And it's, I think it's really dope because people are going back, you know what I'm saying, to, you know, to, like, the analog in a little bit, in a, in a sense. But it's also something that's just... Uh, it's, it's a phase. Everything's like in phases. Okay. Um, man. Because film's expensive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Film's expensive. So it's like... It is. 100%. You, it's, it's not like no like iPhone photo. Like It don't cost you nothing. Like You're right. Yeah. I, I'm a simple man. I found out about the Hooji app. Oh, you yeah. heard about Hooji. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, That's on everybody's yeah. joint now. Hold on. Shout out to my... shooting film. Oh, now. you know I date Sora. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, shout was. out to Adesu. Adesu was the first per- bro, I promise. <laughs> the app must have sent it directly <laughs> to her. Yeah. She was the first person with it. Mm-hmm. It was like the FBI, bro. She was yeah. like, don't tell nobody. nobody. <laughs> right? So, I don't tell nobody. Yeah. But I take a picture of my man's Aurora. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at this picture. He's like, yo, yeah. how'd you take that picture? It looked like that, bro. So, I'm like, bro, I can't tell you. Right. So, he's stalking me. So, I'm taking a picture of someone else. He's like... I got the app. Like, yeah, he, he, he was screen watching my phone. Yeah. So he take a picture and then Adesa was like, "You bitch!" And she tagged me on his. <laughs> she she tagged me on his photo and I'm like, "I didn't tell him." Like yeah. he took the app. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was crazy, man. But um, that's funny. But also, you know, with that, how that how we could flip that into the um, the culture aspect mm-hmm. of it. You know, you definitely probably filmed and took pictures of like some moments. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like some, you know, some crazy moments, you know, like imagine the guy who filmed, you know, who took a picture in the green room 
of Troy Ave before the incident. Yeah. Like that picture is crazy. It, who knows? Like that picture is going to go into lore at one point. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the same sure. way like the picture of like before Tupac drove off. Yeah. Like that photographer. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, um, like moments are situations that I don't think people look like look for, Mm-mm. but you wind up having them and not even knowing Doing it. Oh yeah. That happens a lot of times actually. Because there's times where, like, a publication might reach out to me and they'll know that I've been at a certain event that someone was at and they'll ask me, oh, did you have this photo of this person, blah, 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 for whatever reason. And it's like, I took the photo of the person, but I didn't really, like, have any, like, intention or future no- uh, you know, notion of what the photo would be or what it would um, do or who would want it. You know what I'm saying? I just took it because I was there. So a lot of times you don't. It's funny because, like, you get into a, a spot and you think this is a moment. Because like, I always have to think about moments when I take a photo. I'm like, oh, this is something going on right here. Like, I need to take a photo. And there's moments that you just kind of like just walk around, just spray the camera a couple of times and see where it goes. And you just don't know what's going to connect to people later on. Absolutely. You just got to let time do its thing. Word. And it's also funny because um, people who capture moments don't even realize that sometimes it's not even just fully just the celebrity or the influencer or the person of interest mm-hmm. who you may have sparked something for, you may indirectly make that person feel, the person who you took the picture of, mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed about it because maybe you captured a meme or, or energy for someone else, you know? Right. I remember um, MoMA PS1. I remember um, when Skepta performed and it was all super crazy and it was just, mm-hmm. it was just, a, it was just like crazy on stage and people didn't even realize that photographers w- w- were that close, but they didn't even realize that, that like some of the pictures that they took were like some of these people's last photos being in the states, or mm-hmm. some people's last photos being alive, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and and those photos are great photos when you want to give respect to certain people and yeah. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And um, I wonder who was the last photographer who took a picture of Drake prior to this picture? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly, what I mean? Because right? I bet oh, yeah. I bet the way he felt mm-hmm. Drake in that picture probably looks totally different than the way he'll probably look for like the next six months. Right. Or you normal know? or normally like how he would normally look at any situation. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? He maybe he was in the studio listening to listening or working on his album and then like the guy was there when somebody got the, the phone call like, yo, this shit just dropped. Yeah. Listen to it right now. And he's in there with all these guys and like he's just there like taking these photos and snapping on them. Exactly. They obviously haven't gotten out, but who's to say No, you absolutely wherever this story no. really ends up that these photos might, might yeah, come you, back you, out. You know what absolutely saying? right. And, and this is something. why people have to make books and zines and oh, exhibits yeah. mm-hmm. to showcase some yeah, like some yeah. of these crazy moments. Real quick yeah. though, I have a theory about um rap beef. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's like a um if you lose a rap beef you're dead. This right. is what I think. Okay. Rap beef is the equivalent in rap of a disease, mm. like okay. cancer. All right. I won't say like AIDS because I feel like right. that's too intense because yeah. most people haven't beat it. Right. But I feel like if you lose, the consequences is a rap disease, like a right. rap cancer. Yeah. Now, if you can't beat it, you go, you know what I mean? Like, people can see it on you and you become, like, an effect of the disease. Yeah. You become the loser, so you have this cancer around mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And you become a, um, and you become a victim of it and people see it on you and they never see you the same. Never. Now. Never. Now, no matter what, you're going to have to deal with this for, like, the first six months. Yeah. Now, if it happens a year or whatever, mm-hmm. or longer than that, you 
the worst case scenario is you become Ja Rule and you die. Right. You like your rap career basically caught cancer yeah. and it couldn't beat it and it went into remission and then it right. came back and then Well you, he had like a series of things that kind of fucked him up. No, you know, it was a beef and then the jail and it's like, come on, it's like it's the those Back to back, it's like. But absolutely, but but think if it wasn't for the beef, maybe the jail would have only heightened his career. Most artists, Mm -hmm. when they go to jail, they come back bigger. Right, that's true. So, to me, it's like a cancer. So like Meek Mill had it, and I felt like he had it for like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. and then like he started beating it. Right now, he's in the recovery stages of beating it. Right, you know. So I feel like Drake is the first artist since like Jay Z who had Mm -hmm. like a cancer. And let's see how he beats it. Because yeah. right now, he did lose. Right. He lost. He went yeah, on Instagram, yeah. and he literally said, you guys don't know what I've been through. Right. Yeah, like, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if you've seen that. Is that the, like the note where he talked about the blackface? Yeah. Um. No. Uh-uh. Oh, there's like another joint? Yeah, I think he out? commented something on Instagram, and someone said something to him, and then he was uh, like, you don't know what I've been through in these last couple of days. Oh. Damn, I didn't even see that. Yeah, like, bro. So like going through it a little bit. I don't know, but either way, to even... Like, you can take that either way. That's a very ambiguous statement. Right. But you can take that either way. Mm-hmm. People are not going to take it in a positive way. Like, he, no, he made a breakthrough. They're going to take it no. like, like, what am I, what am I going to do? You know what like, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. so, like, yeah. it is somewhat of a of a sickness thing or a disease that I feel like the loser catches. Yeah. And they have to beat it. Right. They have to. It becomes that own, it's, it's own other fight. You're yeah. Right, right now, you're not even battling the dude who you had to beat for. You're battling the stigma that you're left with afterwards. Exactly. Now... Yeah. He has enough music where he can beat it, mm-hmm. or what can happen to him, which I pray doesn't happen, mm-hmm. is that every time he makes a hit now, people are numb to it mm-hmm. because they're like, you know what? We love your hits, but you've mm-hmm. came off human to us now. Yeah. Being human, there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. It just means that because like, okay, rap and, different. and sports yeah. are, are different. And they're the same, because, but like one thing most casual listeners don't know how to do mm-hmm. is gauge when their artist has hit a roof. Mm-hmm. In sports, you can see it. Right. When Kobe tore his Achilles, clearly Kobe wasn't going to be the same. Exactly. When when D Wade had the knee trouble, clearly D Wade mm-hmm. wasn't going to be the D Wade of all. Same thing. You know, Derrick Rose. Exactly. But with artists, you can't like tell when an artist got injured mm-hmm. via music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't Not tell. Not until it's like an, another project and they don't do quite so well. And it's just like, hmm. Yeah, but if you like the music, you're still like, oh, but the music was rocking. I was yeah, rocking with yeah, the people. But mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Like this last Jay album. For the first album, this is the first album mm-hmm. in Kanye's career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's human. Mm-hmm. Not that the, the album is fire. Whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, shout out to Sachi. Because he, <laughs> he tore my ass a new one the other yeah. day. Pause. Like, he was just like, bro, how do you not like this album? Yeah. It wasn't that I didn't like it. But yeah. I just have so, such high ex- yeah. expectations for him. This was the first time the album didn't shift right. rap. Yeah, 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 It was just like, it fit in, but it didn't shift rap. Right. It was like a more of a... It was a more of a human look at Kanye, for sure. He yeah. was like a lot more vulnerable. But like, when you think about like his last three or four albums, like, you know, My Dark Souls Fantasy was like, for me, for him, it was like the, like the pinnacle of music. Like, he was like, he had the perfection of what it was. But then, even with Yeezus, it was like, oh, this is innovation. Like, I see where you, you're trying to, like, get out of whatever this is, is you know what I'm saying? Try to, like, explore a new world. And with Pablo, for me, that's when Pablo just, like, it just felt like um, uh, a culmination of a, all of it. different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, for Pablo. And then with this one, it's just like, a more of a you know a, a wide open yay whatever like that more exposed but like it wasn't like 
I don't know. I just felt like for like he's always been like revolutionary with his newest works, whatever like that. It's, this one is just like it's just really good set of music with vulnerable you know aspects to it. And it's like I fuck with it. It's some weird theories on the internet. So let me yeah. uh, let me just put my tinfoil hat on. Some people mm-hmm. are saying that um, okay, first of all, I call this album. Um, my beautiful dark twisted Pablo, because it just feels it feels like it feels like the life of Pablo. Yeah. Like it feels like an ex- it feels like an extended cut uh-huh. of it. But people are saying that that this ends the trilogy of like creative music because for Kanye because like Nicki was on the intro of Dark Fantasy and then Ooh, she's on the, the outro, outro of, uh, of yeah. this uh-huh. album. Yeah, I know. Did, I did some. I did peep that. You know, and, that. And, and and they have a couple other theories, but for me, I I just feel like. His um, level of um, superpower mm-hmm. was very. Um, it felt very normal for a super mm-hmm. fan like me. Like yeah. I feel like for other people who wasn't fully invested in Ye, right? They've been off the bandwagon since Long. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've been right. off. Yeah, you yeah. know, even Dark Fantasy like rub some people mm-hmm. the wrong way. True, but for super fans who can see his music for what it is or yeah. what he wants them to see it for, maybe mm-hmm. the people who keep it going, the loyalists. Yeah. I feel like this album showed that, you know, like, I've given you my best. And this is just a reminder of who I am, but it's not a new new. No. You know? And I'm not mad at that. Me neither. I, if he tours, I'm buying a ticket. Yeah. You know, any way that I can help out creatively with the team, you know, shout out to Tremaine Webber, I, I'll do it. But I just feel like, yeah, you know, he's human. Yeah, for for me, it's just like I don't know where he could go next with this. With this, if he was to come up with something, me, like, I thought he was gonna go the Pusha T Nas rock. Cause I've heard the Nas album is fire. Oh, okay, it's fire, it's fire. Yeah, it's fire. Jeez. It might be maybe top three albums of the year. Okay, I'm gonna put that That's on wax crazy. now. So when we Damn. when we when we circum, when we come back to this, All right. yeah, because yeah, but um, I thought I I thought he, the only thing people are waiting for him to do is to just go pure. Hip hop. I feel like mm. if he goes pure hip hop, like what do you mean, like like dropout pure hip hop. No, if he goes and makes like those same type of beats that he made for Pusha T for himself. Mm. You know, he doesn't want to rap on that, right. but I think that's the last serviceable deed yeah. he can give to people. Yes, and people will respect it. Yes. And, and treat it like he just made a masterpiece. Right, right, right. You know, right, right. because he can do it for others. Clearly, he's showing us oh, that. Oh, man, he killed the you production know? of Pusha T. Yeah, exactly. So I think he should want to want to do it for himself and not mm-hmm. be so, you know, um, harmony driven. Because mm-hmm. I know he loves like that right. singing and, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the harmonizing, but you got to give in. Because I feel like his favorite two things now yeah. is like, it would be like, it, it, for, for basketball, it would be like yeah. a post up uh-huh. and it would be like, uh, a floater, nah, yeah. bro. Like people don't want to the crazy two. yay yeah. and the singing yay. They want funny on hip hop beats, yay. Exactly. You and know, a good flow between all those things back and forth. You know. What I'm yeah, saying? absolutely. Yeah, but so, what I also, but people, what people that I don't know if people think about it or like, it's like a past thought is that like his creative is also fragmented at this time, right? He's not the same solid. I'm making beats and making raps yeah, from like his first album. He's like, he's doing fucking music. He's doing architecture. He's doing design. He's doing like, like it's splits. Like it's really hard to like create something that you feel as though your purists would have loved when your when your mind is like actually split in like five or six different creative avenues. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So the fact that he can even produce something like, you know, uh, uh, Pusha T's album and create this album all the while still working on you know. The easy home stuff, 
the 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 clothing line however you think whatever you think about the you know easy line whatever but like these are a lot of different avenues and a lot of creative energies that's going in different places absolutely so it's like honestly it's super impressive that he's doing that and i can relate too because like i want to i mean obviously photography is like my main thing but this tons of other creative things that i want to explore myself so it's like i totally get it and i, and I feel it's hard as fuck because i'm with somebody who's somebody who's like um very do it yourself like i really don't like asking for help for anything it's honestly like it's probably like my biggest strength and weakness at the same time right so like for you to like let go of the reins a little bit and then just kind of like navigate people to help you do better it's like yeah it's you gotta know how to use favors i have a theory mm-hmm. People listen to podcasts. I don't know if you maybe heard it from me, but I, I say don't waste favors. Mm. So yeah. I have this theory where like if if Jay-Z, if you were stranded in New Jersey mm-hmm. and Jay-Z wanted to give you a ride home, I wouldn't take the ride. Right. But do you know why I wouldn't take the ride? Right. Because you don't want to like squander that favor for just a ride home. Exactly. Because because so a rich little. a person who has power I wouldn't even say people who are rich mm-hmm. person who has power don't know the difference between giving you some water or mm-hmm. giving you a job yeah these people don't have to do anything for you no. so anytime they want to do something I want to I want to decline until I want to cash in that golden yes. ticket yeah you know and clearly I'm not gonna ask mm-hmm. for something that is outside of my means or outside mm-hmm. of their means I'm gonna right. ask for something that is catered and tailor made for what. I need to do to the point where I corner them into saying, yeah. Yeah, you oh, know? for sure. So I don't waste favors at all, you know? So, like, I'll meet someone and build with them for years before mm-hmm. we can really figure do something out. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I got to put respect on their name first and let them know that, like, I'm I'm rocking with you mm-hmm. for you first. First and foremost. Yeah. Everything else is somewhat irrelevant, you know right. what I mean? Until it's time for it to be relevant. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, no, a lot of people, people like, jump out the window. The oh, I met Pierre. I'm asking for a photo shoot next week. Yeah. They jump out the window. I'm like, yo, I could, you guys for a photo shoot now, but or I could put you, like, when I have a campaign or something, I could think about you and be like, yo, why don't you just jump in here, do this, I like your style, blah, blah, blah. No brainer. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's a no brainer, you know? I think about that thing, the same thing too. With, I have like the same idea with favors. Is like, I always think about like creating the perfect storm, right? So you have all these, you've, you've accumulated all these relationships and favors over the, the course of however many years you've been doing whatever you've been doing, right? But you don't want to just, Use this one for that. Use that one for this. You want to actually find a way to that so that all these different things can culminate together, and then you can create like this perfect storm with whatever you've whatever relationship that you created around your network. Mm-hmm. So that whatever big thing that you've been working on or whatever, it has so much energy and force behind it that it can't be ignored. Mm. I know that's what you were somewhat trying to do with the um, with the little event thing you right, were doing. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's only like one piece of the of the puzzle, and that's. And that was done through using, you know, one of the favors that I've had. Like, so I throw like this uh, monthly party called Momento. And it's like a month, it's a once a month on a Wednesday night in the Lower East Side. And I just do it to get people, creatives to get to come together in one spot, pretty much. And just turn around and turn up, have fun in the spirit of New York, in the spirit of art and creative creativity, in the spirit of like Basquiat Warhols, the Keith Herrings that used to party together. Fab Five Freddy's used to be like throwing these parties in you know New York City, and then you'd be rubbing elbows with this person, that person, but then like not not knowing that years to come that they would be who they are. I'm a loser, so I haven't been yet. <laughs> but when I've seen the photos, yeah. it's a really good spread. 
No, nah, it's, it's it's a really good spread of people. Good spread of people. You know, because some of you, I'm like, oh, Pierre, no, huh? oh, okay, yeah. or like, oh, I know that's my guy right there. You know, yeah. like certain stuff like mm-hmm. that is is really dope. And then, nah, it's it's fire. It's like it brings it, it legit on some on a mini scale, right? It brings like your internet network to like real life on a small scale. I think the biggest scale I, I've seen has been Coachella. Cause Coachella is literally like the internet festival. I'm I'm not gonna be. I'm going to be funny with it. Sometimes yeah. my internet comes up in real life, but in the wrong way. My explore page comes to my Ooh. reality. And that's when that's I get, yeah, and, and then I get anxiety and then I want to leave. Yeah. But if, if my if my friends are there, oh man, yeah. it, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a but, feeling. but when it's my explore page, I got to yeah. go. Nah, not but, so much explore page, but more so like people that you like, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. I can, who I connect with online and in real life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just in different times, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah. when I see you in some spot or I see this person somewhere, like, this party is where they all come together. Yeah, and, and it always fine. feels good seeing your peoples anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. But, because Any I know, excuse I have, I do it. Yeah, because sometimes brands are split us up, man. Like, sometimes mm. somebody be rocking with Adidas. Yeah. And they homegirl DJing, so they got to yeah. go to the Adidas event. Yeah. While I might be at the Nike event, mm-hmm. you know? Or someone's at the Puma. Oh, yeah. You know, like, these brands could sometimes split up they the... They fragment the... The, the, the feng shui, the, the, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. A lot of times it happens. Exactly. Like, sometimes you might not... Like, you might not even get invited to a Nike joint at your homegirls DJing, per se, because you've done this last campaign with an Adidas. I, absolutely. You know what I'm and, saying? And, and it's so tricky because you can make it past it. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to get into the 5% of the 10%. Yes. Yes. You know? You know, that's it. Because there's plenty of people who dibble dabble at all them motherfuckers. This is like... They get one box today, they get another box tomorrow. Like, yeah, but they've become they the become, 5% exactly. of the 10%. Right, right, right. You know, because we're the 10% of mm. creative people who just want to do stuff like this. Yeah. You probably have relatives who ever will be like, you really make money? Oh, like, yeah, Like, the yeah. money you make day, my mom taking photos? Honest, you know, yeah. like, I have a cousin who's a doctor, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't believe people care to talk to me to tell them what to do with their company. She's yeah. like, wait, you get paid from that? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah. it's called consulting so, and... Yep. You know, this thing called day rates, you know, and stuff <laughs> exactly. like that. And, and, it's a whole other world. Yeah. I, 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 over time, going from, like, the 9 to 5 corporate life to where I'm at now as a creative, you just totally see, like, there's really two hemispheres of, like, thought process of how people live their lives or how they go about making money. It is totally different opposite. And totally. I feel blessed that I was able to see both of them, both sides of the coin. But, it's, yeah, it's like a whole other mindset. People who, like, who, like, who you know, become doctors or whatever, like, this is like their mindset. I be I went to school for X amount of years. I've got my you know my my degree, my license, and now I'm able to practice medicine and do what I got to do in this world. I don't know how the fuck you live in as a creative and with the quotation marks and it didn't do your thing. But I always tell them, in order for you to be you, I had to be me. Yeah, something had to come out of you doing what you did. Yeah, because everyone else can't do it, so there has no. to be. Like a spectrum, and yeah. I'm just on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, you know, yep. in the middle there's people who do construction, McDonald's, mm-hmm. healthcare, right. um, um, like civil work, mm-hmm. all these other jobs. Because you know, there's yeah, New right. York will teach you. There's a job for everything. Everything. One thing New York will teach you. There's a job for everything. 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 Hell yeah. But um, man, it's mm-hmm. I learned. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I I, I learned a lot, dog. Cause yeah. like you know, like this photography. World is one of the most important things to me right now, and I'm not mm-hmm. even like yeah. that deep in it. It's just admiring it from afar right. and understanding it. And um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's like a mesh of things too, because it's like not just photography, but it's like social media in general. Like 
that has become a profession. You know what I'm saying? People it put really that shit has. in their bio. People put influencer in their bio. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that's what they're influencing. You don't really, you can't really tell what they're influencing or what they're trying to sell you or whatever. But like, it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a, a curriculum in somebody college somewhere about becoming an influencer. It's not coming yet. You know why it's not coming yet? Yeah. Because Kim Kardashian has to become a billionaire first. Yeah. The government has to yeah. mandate something as like, okay, like, because, you know, $100 million ain't no real money to the mm-hmm. government. Right. Like, once they see the money is like past two family generations, mm-hmm. that's when they feel like this thing is not a fluke. Right. You know? Like, just like sports. It took for MMA to like become this big, big thing, thing for yeah. MMA to be like, Considered a real sport, sport yeah. you know. Of course, they've always had kickboxing on it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like big in America. America nah. It was big in other countries. But now that MMA is this thing, now you have MMA classes, Class, right. and you have all these different ways that they want to market it because the government has to see you take a bunch of money from their Americans uh-huh. in order for them to feel like what you're doing needs to be studied. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. So once they realize, once Kim or whoever becomes the first billionaire of doing nothing. She got that CFDA award. Yeah, absolutely. But so. but some people feel like the CFDA mm-hmm. is always geared towards someone's inner plan that we don't know about because mm-hmm. they feel like James Jebbia kind of went against everything he was... <laughs> right, and they still against. him anyway. You, you yeah. know, but I feel like, no, because that's not what it's about. Right. The reason why you're against something is because they weren't allowing you to be Maybe. you. Yeah. Not because you hate them. Right. People forget that, mm, you know? That's very true. And... People think it's too black and white. It's also more, it's way more layers to that. Yeah, it's, it's always layers, but yeah. sometimes your message can get misconstrued when you don't when you don't speak up enough. Right. You know, so or that's... you just care to like explain every single detail. Yeah. And, too. Yeah, a lot of people don't care yeah. to do that, and they never will. Right. And you don't that's have fine. to. Exactly. You know? You yeah. go about your life. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure their success has been attributed to just doing just that. Like, you know? Yeah, because you don't always got to talk, and, and, and people can see stuff in the right way. Look at mm-hmm. Derek Jeter. He never really spoke about... No. His life too much, but you understand yeah, it. Exactly. You know, you understand it from an outside from what you get, Whatever in. you got. Yeah, you know. I, think, I, feel, I feel like it's that way right now with a lot of new generation of artists, or like rappers and shit like that. They're not doing as many interviews as before. It's a whole different way to yeah. give dialogue. Yeah. Whole different way. They're going to communicate with you through, your, through their music, through their social media. They're going to put out what they want you to see kind of thing and not mm-hmm. even get like tricked into saying something dumb or stupid online, which is why I feel like a lot of them don't say anything. Because they don't want to look too foolish. And the label's not trying to pay for people to get uh, media trained anyway. Because it's oh, too yeah. late. No, it's, it's, too, late. it's too late. Well, when a lot of times artists are coming complete to you already. So it's like, what are you going to change? Yeah, that as well. Plan? And they call those industry plants. But whatever. Uh, yeah, That was always something mysterious to me, honestly. The whole industry plant. I think the term... Okay, so look. To, um, to I guess, put a bow on this great... Mm-hmm. Conversation, yeah. um, industry plant to me would be like I'm gonna give you a perfect example. It would be like Macklemore, or mm-hmm. it would be like when an artist has a um, when certain artists have made an archetype of music, and then they mm-hmm. say, "Let's get a better image with this type of music. Let's tell an artist make mm-hmm. this type of music with this type of archetype." So mm-hmm. clearly, people like Pitbull and Flo Rida right. made happy, universal, yeah. colorless music. Yeah. But then it wasn't a white person doing it. So they said, okay, let's get an artist mm-hmm. who's white to make colorless music, yeah. see how far he can take no. it. Yeah. You know? And then voila, you get Macklemore, you yeah. know? Or you get someone like Post Malone when he first came out. Mm-hmm. He used to hang with Bari all the time. A lot of yeah. people don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, Bari kind of put him on. And now he makes college party music because right. um, what's the guy who I feel like who... He kind of took his guy. He took his lane. A lot of people don't notice it. Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. 
you know, he took that lane because Machine Gun Kelly was going to eventually start doing like the, you know, the singing rhythmic hooks, but he just couldn't get it out there, get over yeah. on that. You know, he still wanted to be turned up and do, <laughs> and do Rock Apart because <laughs> Diddy told him to. So whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of, to me, what an industry plan is. Where, like, when they mm-hmm. know this artist isn't fit for this music, this is genuinely not coming from mm-hmm. them, it was in the, the marketing I would, plan. Uh, I, always took it, I always took it as, like, being manufactured manufactured from beginning to end, even down to, like, the music, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel like the definition has a... It's, that, yeah, like, yeah, there's it, a wide range of what, yeah, it, what you could consider. It, that. it yeah. definitely varies. Um, yeah, so, by the next time... Oh, so... End of this week, mm-hmm. Cuddy and Ye's album's um, coming, coming out. out. Yeah. Yep. All right. So another another set of music. Damn, yeah. This whole month is going to be kind of crazy for me. No, absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. And then the Nas album is right after that, right? Yeah. In succession, I think. Or is it Tiana before Nas? No, I think it's Nas, then Tiana. I think Tiana got the last one. And her album's probably going to be good, too. Yeah. And it's so funny how the internet allowed her to be a socialite before music. So Mm -hmm. now that she's a socialite, people are going to download and listen to the music. Yeah. Just because they were interested in who she was, which is beautiful. She has a a reality show out. Yeah. Hog's looking good. Um, It's dope to see her, how how she came about, too. Hell yeah. So... This is, I guess, round one for me and you. We definitely yes. got to do this again. Where, where, um, for sure. Anything you got coming up or any shout outs? Uh, what do I have coming out? How we don't have anything coming out? We're doing our sixth Memento party this month on the twentieth. Okay. So that's gonna be tight. Um, just getting through, you know, half a year, which is like. Who do you use to get to DJ? Oh, we mix it. Well, so I have like four main DJs for the party. I have Omi Millhouse, who I've known for years from Queens. Uh, Matthew Bentley was with my homie. And I have Martina McFly. She's dope. She's from Houston, via way of Atlanta, and now she lives in New York. And I got my homie More Soup, please, um, who's out here. So I have those four DJs who are usually like the resident DJs. And then like I have a guest come through and, and do a set. So like uh, I think like I had the Angel and Dren do a set like last month. I had this dude Ryan Trinidad. Yeah, did it a set. I was like, I try to mix it up as much as possible. All right, cool, cool, cool. Get people along. I might gotta refer you some names on the low. Keep nah, send me. Nah, 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 I gotta tell you some good people. Yeah. Hell yeah. The, the party's always been a vibe for sure, and it's all good people who, who attend the party. So you 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 get you left leave the party feeling good about yeah. the night. You know what I'm saying? Well, to jump off your vibe and to finish it off, you'll mm-hmm. like that what I'm doing with this series because basically. Mm-hmm. I feel the way you feel, and I want to rock out with people and talk to people mm-hmm. who I really am friendly with and yeah. who I, I really deal with. Yeah. So this whole June, bro, you are the, the first person, but we're oh, going to do all like all my good friends, like all good people, like Reginald Sylvester, mm-hmm. yeah, Reggie, you know, yeah, we're going to do like a bunch of people, you know, might do Virgil in the middle of a cornfield as well. No, nah, it's going to be crazy. I want to do that last because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that now because if I do that now, it's over and then I ain't right. gonna, and then you like, gotta build it up, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing though. Like, I, I always tell everyone, like a lot of my friends who, who are very close to me that like, I look at everyone as a peer and I feel as though it's like a, it's going to be a generational shift as far as like who the next generation looks up to as being the people who are yeah, at we, the top. You we know we definitely that graduation so class. So we're in that class. Yeah, you know we saying? definitely in that class. I'm happy you class. know that. So I'm happy you know that. Hell everybody yeah. as like, oh, yeah. you're going to be something that's amazing. Yeah. We're going to align ourselves. Like, so, I, I mean, I'm not very like celebrity heavy. Like, I don't know. I'm not somebody who goes out to the events and wants to take photos with everybody, blah, blah. I like 
if I'm out in an event, I want to take a photo. It's because I see you as a peer and a friend, and I want us to like yeah. connect that way. And so, I let people live in their life. Exactly. Because like, whoever's there in that light, yeah, exactly. Because because when it's my time, and and whatever my time is, because it ain't yeah. nothing celebrity, but whatever right. my time is, it'll be my time. Exactly. You know. And you've always been like that since day yeah. one. And with that, yes, sir. We out. Peace.